coaches, welcome to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are honored that you would take the time to listen to this podcast. We're also proudly sponsored by my good friends at Dr. Dish. Reach out to Dr. Dish, mention the United Basketball Podcast, and receive a great discount on the best shooting machines in the world. Coaches, I can't wait for you to hear what our guest has to share with us today. Enjoy the podcast. I want to welcome my friend Gene Durden of Buford to the podcast. He's been on the podcast a couple of times, and we're going to talk uh, preparing for the postseason as he has a lot of experience with that. So uh, thanks for joining us, Coach. Hey, always honored to be here, Coach. Thank you so much for the invite. No problem. Well, when I was thinking about guys and talking about the postseason, you're, you're the guy across my mind because you've won eight championships, right, and been in the state many, many years consecutively. Yeah, I've been very blessed and all to play in a lot of uh, state tournaments and and uh, postseason has been been good to us so far. So, like I said, it's a uh, it's a different type of preparation and everything else. So, as you're preparing for the postseason with your team, what are some of the things you think about to prepare them mentally or just get there? Like, let's say you got a couple of freshmen who've never been there before, and you've got the veterans who've been there maybe three or four straight years. How do you attack, you know, getting them in the right mindset to think about one game and the season's over type deal? Listen, Coach, I'm going to tell you, I think the first thing that that goes into this is just kind of what you mentioned. What type of team do you have? Uh, Do you have a young team? Do you have a veteran team? Do you have a mixture? Okay, because all those things kind of factor into postseason, in my opinion. Um, You know, I have a practice philosophy that we're going to put so much pressure on you in practice that the games are easy. So a lot of times with that, this this sounds kind of crazy, but it divides the season up. First part of the season up till December basically is we're trying all our new stuff. We're trying to put in stuff uh, that we want to see how we we're doing it this year. Then basically from the second part, January on to the tournaments, we're trying to clean it up. Okay. But then after, you know, start the tournaments, like you said, it's, it's basically do or die, go home. I start out really tough in that first segment, very tough, very vocal, a lot of pressure. I continue that into the second part in the evaluation, but I start lightening up a little bit because I truly believe the kids are not going to remember what they started at first. Uh, they're going to kind of remember more kind of toward the end. So, you know, I'm usually a very animated, you know, get on pretty hard coach. But when it gets to this part of the year, I'm a lot more teaching, a lot more um, direct with what we have to do. So I even change my personality a lot. And, uh, you know, and then because I've tried to toughen up them young kids early, but now I'm really trying to get them confidence and trying to get them ready to go. Because, like I said, you, you got to instill confidence going into tournament time. So, uh, our program is kind of like putting pressure on them all the time because, you know, there's no way to duplicate that postseason pressure. There's really no way to do it. I talk about all the time being a controlled environment of practice, and all of a sudden you got to turn it up. So, you know, like I said, I think you got to look at the team. I think you got to look at how you handle them. And, and it's also a lot of mental stuff too. Yeah, so early on you're on them. 
pretty hard, but then in you're more of like, hey, bring you in to have more conversational type things. Does your practice time change at all? Are you going longer, shorter, or is it just, you know, you're trying to really master and clean up the details of everything you're doing? Yeah, listen, the first part we talked about was kind of mental. There's also a physical part too. Uh, you know, when I'm going first early in the year, I'm going two and a half hours. And early before the season, I'm going six days a week. We get after – basically, we start in the second part of the season. We try to cut that down to round two, okay? Now when we start to go tournament time, you really – I'm really trying to get in there about hour 30, hour 45 at the most. Uh, we do a lot more film. Like tomorrow, we're going to have a film session before practice. So we'll have a little bit more time, but we're not as hard on your legs. So the, the physical part, cutting time back. Also, the other thing I think is we try to turn the intensity up a little bit. We try to practice shorter, but the intensity level there. And, you know, I hate to say this, Coach, but it's just true. I've been around so many different coaches that I work with now. There's so many different ways that people look at the postseason. I had a good coaching friend of mine out of Augusta with a team at Butler kind of mentored him for a while. He called me about two weeks ago when he was explaining, you know, how how right now should he go into the postseason. He was talking about, you know, he wants to continue to go hard and everything else. And he said he gave him a day off. And he said the kids came back and said, Coach, we don't want a day off. We want to practice. We want to get better. So he's got a hungry veteran. Team. So I told him, I said, hey, if they want to be in the gym, they need to be in the gym. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. You need to make it short and intense. Mm-hmm. And it back, uh, Eddie Martin, which has been one of the best boys coaches ever in the state of Georgia. I worked with Eddie for five years. In the postseason, Eddie would do a lot less contact drills uh, to try to, to keep injuries out of it. He, he still did a lot of execution. He did all that, but he, but he really cut back on contact. And Eddie was really big about going three days and then kind of give them a little bit of break. So it's, it's a lot of opinions out there. And I think you've got to know your team. When I'll never forget an older coach that most people will never remember named Cliff Renew when I was a young coach. He used to tell me, he said, Gene, this is when you really go hard. He said, I just take my teams and go so stinking hard at the end and everything else. And now I just don't think kids had a mentality you could yeah. do. I mean, it, it, everybody talks about kids hadn't changed. Oh, yeah, they have. Yeah. There's no doubt they have. Um, and I don't think a, kid, a lot of times kids now mentally can take that going that way. Yeah, and also your style of play depends as well. It's like if you're going full court pressing, 32 minutes getting after it, you might need to say, take, we're going to go an hour this day light. But if you style of play – how many players you're playing. Like you said, there's no necessarily wrong or right way. And I guess the most important thing is coach your team the way you feel is best and not try to copy some other popular good coach or, you know, steal someone else's idea if it doesn't fit your team. Yeah, I think that's so big. But the other thing, too, is just the experience. You know, I've been doing this 35 years, and I kind of get a feel for my team. It's kind of like, let's let's take – we don't play to Friday. We're we, – or number one seed, so we're not playing Friday. So I'm going to hit them pretty hard tomorrow, like with our pressing and everything else. 
to kind of keep them almost like a game would be on Tuesday, okay? So I'm going to hit them pretty hard. It'll be shorter, but it'll be pretty intense with more of our up and down the floor type stuff. So, you know, to keep them sharp and playing that way. Then as the week goes on, we're going to basically cut back a little bit and all try to get on their legs because I have made some bad mistakes in my, my career. The way, the style that we play, pressing and everything else, you got to have some pop, man. You got to have pop. And you, if you take that pop away from them, you are really hurting uh, your program. And like we know to win a region championship, we're going to play Friday and Saturday. We're going to play back to back. That factors into it too. So, you know, we got to make sure we save their legs, but we keep them working hard, doing the right things and intense. So Thursday, what will your practice look like time-wise and intensity-wise? Because you can play Friday, win Friday, you play Saturday. We we also let, – let me take one step back, Coach. I have a philosophy, right or wrong, but to win a championship, you got to do three things extremely well. And I truly believe that. You got to rebound. You got to board. I, you know, Pat Riley said it before, no, no rebounds, no rings. I believe that. You got the board. I think the other thing you got to do is you got to play great half-court defense. You got to really be able to, to guard somebody in half court. And then you've got to be able to execute on half court. I really think those three things you've got to do well to win a state championship or a region championship, or whatever. And, you know, you're talking to the most guy that believes in pressing more than anybody in probably in the state. We press made, made miss shot, but pressing is not going to win you a championship. It can help with tempo. So, as we go deeper in the week, the reason why I said that is we will concentrate more in those three areas. And Thursday will clean up a lot more with half-court execution. I, I wish I could go back to my days at Dade County. I feel so sorry for those kids because back then we relied on the press so much and we would get deep in the state tournament. And We'd hold people to like 42 points. I mean, there's so many times we had battles with Weston. We'd hold them. They'd be averaging 70. And we'd hold them 42, 45. But what had happened was we were so used to turning people over on our press that we could score easy. Well, then when we had to execute on the half court, we wasn't that good. And so, you know, now we put so much emphasis on being able to execute. And so Thursday will be – We'll probably go an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes, but it'll be more execution. It'll be more working on sets. It'll be more on our game plan instead of hard stuff on our legs. It'll be more of a mental practice. Will, will you go five on five at all in the half quarter, full quarter? Will it be oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We, we – I, I cannot – you know, and this is what you said earlier. Like I said, Eddie Martin has done as well as anybody in the state. And and he is a great coach, but I can't I I can't take all the contact out. Yeah, we got it now. We've already started with our kids, though, coach. Where we sit them down a couple of weeks ago, and we're like, okay, we got to take care of each other. This is another thing I think is really big. You know, now if somebody's got a breakaway layup, make sure you don't get up under. Make sure on all shooting drills, you keep your feet out from under. Make sure right now at the time to be a hero taking charges. So our kids know that, that it's also a, a time 
that they want to still continue to play hard, but they also want to look out for each other. They're not, you know, loose ball goes on the floor, you dive in there, you're not diving on top of somebody. So, you know, injury is a part of the game, but I think you got to be smart in making sure. I mean, we even go over in our warm-ups, you know, because our warm-ups are we – re- we really value our warm-ups about how big spacing is so we don't get on top of each other and all. So it's a whole different mentality that we're trying to do right now with also keeping up the intensity, keeping up the competition uh, part, and uh, like I said, making sure that we, we do stuff both mentally and physically right. How much do you uh, rely on or count on your veteran players to kind of mentor and bring these young ninth, potential 10th graders who play in varsity through this process of girls who've been there for three or four years in a row? How much do you kind of, they lean on each other there? Not only am I honored to host this podcast, I'm also a high school basketball coach myself, and my team just purchased the Dr. Dish CT. Dr. Dish knows that coaches work very hard to save every penny they can. So I sent back our old other brand shooting machine and got a discount. We also took advantage of their one-year payment plan, paid half now and half later. And my kids love this shooting machine, calling and texting me constantly to get in the gym. And players love immediate feedback. They're able to know their shooting percentage from every single spot they shoot from. And also, using the Dr. Dish app, they can track their shots throughout the entire season or the course of their career. This is a game changer. It's almost like I hired another assistant coach, called Dr. Dish, mention this podcast, and take advantage of our exclusive discount. Now back to the podcast. Boy, it's funny you ask that question because we had senior night the other night. We do a little get together after after the game with seniors, their parents and all that. And I got two seniors this year. We're a very young team and we've had a lot of injuries and different things with, with some of our upperclassmen. So like we'll start sometimes four sophomores. And so it's funny you ask that because I told the seniors the other night, I said, hey, every season is about you and your year. This is your senior year. And you've got to do an absolute great job right now, especially with what we've had happen to some of our veteran players of leading and taking care of these pups. You got to be there to support them. You got to be there on the floor. If they, you know, if we got young guards, you got to be there. Both these seniors are post players or play a little bit of everything for us. I said, you got to be there to bail them out of trouble. I said, you've got to be able to talk to them and have confidence. So it is a big thing for your leaders and your veterans that's been there before. We got Tatum Osmond. She's played in three state championships, I think. And, you know, she's been there. We got Tamori Plantings played in two. Uh, you know, we've got to, those kids that have been there before, and they got to help those kids through those moments because those, those moments are pretty big for a young kid. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I know you've got a phenomenal coaching staff, several coaches, your son's on there. When you're looking ahead, because, you know, potentially you've got three people to plan for, who you're playing Friday and who will win on that other game. How do you break out responsibilities and what film you're watching and things like that with your staff? Coaches, let me introduce you to my friends at ClipDraw. ClipDraw makes using video more efficient and effective, and every good coach knows that using video clips and video highlights is a great way to teach our players the game. With ClipDraw, there's fast player tracking and clear animated drawings to help you show the evolution of your plays. Followers of the podcast can get a 10% discount right now. Go to the show notes, click on the link, 
and enter the coupon code that is listed beside the link and save 10% on ClipDraw. Trust me, ClipDraw is a game changer and your players will appreciate you using this software to help them better understand the game. Man, great question. I started doing this back at Dade, and I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I believe in it. Because back then, if you remember, Coach, you would play on a Thursday and then have to play on a Saturday. You played on a Friday, and you had to play on Saturday. And yep. it, wasn't break, it wasn't broken up like it is now. So I have this philosophy. I said whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But we're going to be preparing for our next – we are never overlooking any opponent at any time. I think that's the worst thing you can do, no matter who. So we're going to be preparing for that team. But we're also going to be preparing for the next step. Uh, it's like, you know, sometimes you don't know, like in the region tournament coming up, we're not going to know who, who we may face if we win so-and-so. But we're already looking at film. We're already having breakdowns. We're already, we already getting things ready to roll for the next team. Because I think sometimes you can wait too late and then you don't, you're not prepared. So, like tomorrow, we'll come in for 30 minutes, have a film session on one of our region opponents. While that film session is going on, Coach Osmond, which is one of my veteran coaches, he'll take our young kids and that's still on the varsity and have them preparing the other team's press break and the other team's this and the other team's that. And so, you know, we'll go into tomorrow pressing, working against that and, and looking at those type of situations. But we're also gathering film on who could be the next opponent down the line. And I think it's really important, especially, like I said, when you're getting uh, you're getting in the state. Now, like I said, Georgia High School has broken it up now. where You get two or three days to prepare. But I think you've got to be gathering information on that team and you got to be preparing because, like I said, lack of preparation is uh, – that's one thing as a coach. I tell my kids all the time, when I lay my head down on that last game, whether we win or lose, I'm going to lay my head down that night and I'm going to make sure I feel good that I've done everything I could to give my team the best preparation and the best opportunity to win. I never want to lay my head down and go, I should have done this. Yeah. Should have done that. And I know we all question right. something we do, but you know, there's a lot of times that sometimes we come out and we go, you know, we just should have prepared better. We should have did this. So, you know, I, I try to make sure that, that I do everything I can so when I lay my head down at night, I know that we've done everything with our program. Oh, that, that's really good. And, and, and how important is it for the community? I know that the community is, loves all the, the Buford teams, but how is important is it for the community when you guys make a run or win a region championship? Like how, how does the community get involved and, you know, as just a, a family that you have in that little suburb of Atlanta there? We have great community support at Buford. It's kind of a weird thing because we have great – Our since I've been here, we've had great older community members that support us and travel. I mean, we have, a, we have a group that wherever we go, they are there. Now, kind of the strange thing about Buford is you got so many sports going on. Right. The student population is split up. Like the other night, we didn't have as many people there because they was all – we have what's called Wolf Gang, and they were all at a lacrosse uh, thing. So, you know, we have, we're very blessed to have support. It's kind of strange at Buford because we have so many winning programs yeah. that support a lot of times 
gets kind of split. Uh, I remember, man, when I was at Dade, golly, when we traveled, the whole town went. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. So I've been very blessed to see kind of different situations with that. But, uh, you know, like I said, we, we, our community is always excited. They're always supporting us. Our administration is always with us. And, and that's, a big, that's a big deal. What tips would you have for the, the coaches making the first, uh, the first run here towards the postseason or maybe their, their state they're in? They're already out of the region tournament or district. They're actually in state. For that, that young man or woman who's making that first run. That's another great question. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Sit back and enjoy the ride, no doubt about it. But continue to work hard and continue to prepare. I'll never forget, as a young coach, man, you know, it's always your goal to get a state championship. I mean, that's just what you do. And I talked to other coaches that talked about it and all that. <clears throat> but a coach told me one time, he said, when you get there, just walk out on the floor and just look around and be thankful that you have this experience. Now, the sad thing was, it's my first state championship I played in at Dade. We get beat on a last-second shot. And I was kind of – I was just – I was so thankful to be there. And then two weeks later, I'm like, you know what? I may never get back to a state championship. Right. I wish I'd have done better to prepare. So, you know, I, I think you've got to enjoy the moment. Let your kids enjoy the moment because uh, it's big to them. Um, but like I said, make sure that you're prepared. Make sure that you, you do what you need to do. Uh, another thing that I think you've got to do now, I'm, I'm switching back to something that, that comes back to my mind, get a lot of shooting in, free throws. I, I think one of the most neglected parts in basketball is is free throws. If I could go and have one stat for my career, for my career of 35 years, I would love to know out of all the games that I lost, our program lost, if we'd have shot 70% from the free throw line, how many of them would we have won? Mm -hmm. And I think free throw shooting is 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 kind of crazy because some people practice it and you're still not good at it. Right. So don't practice and you're, and you're good at it. And, like, we've had two or three games where we've shot 20 for 24, and then we've had games we shot 12 for 24. So, you know, get a lot of shooting in, get a lot of free throws in uh, before or after practice because a lot of times those games can come down to two- and three-point games, and free throws can definitely make a difference. So I think one thing that young coaches don't need to overlook is the ability to, to shoot the ball. Putting the ball in the bucket solves a lot of problems. Right, absolutely. So, you know, if you can do that, I think that's something that you got to concentrate on too. Well, well Coach, any last words? Um, we're going to make this a shorter podcast. I know people in this middle of the season don't love the one-hour podcast, but uh, any last words of wisdom to your 35 years and multiple state runs and region championships that cross your mind? Listen, I'm just, I'm just thankful. Um, that I've been able to last for 35 years. Here's what's on my mind really, really big now. I am talking to coaches all across the Southeast. I've developed a lot of relationships with a lot of people. And it's, I probably get two or three phone calls a week. Right? It could be from Virginia, it could be Texas, it could be Georgia, of how hard it is right now. 
because it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's hard. I mean, it really is. And you, I'm hearing a lot of good coaches saying, you know, I don't know if I can continue to do this. I don't know if I want to do this. And I just think that older coaches right now, I think we got to give back to the game and give back to younger coaches. Yeah. Because I'm telling you right now for a younger coach and even an experienced coach, these are hard waters to navigate. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about the players. I just said it a minute ago, the players have changed. Well, they have. I don't worry about the players, though. I worry about the coaches coaching the players because the coaches are the ones that hold them accountable. And I'm telling you, the old dinosaurs, dogs, whatever you want to call us, I think we got to invest so much in young coaches. And young coaches have got to also want to learn. Right. I mean, there's got to be a two-way street. But, boy, I tell you what, it is a hard road to navigate. And I'm not being negative, but I sure think it's going to continue to get harder. And I think we need more support for each other. I think we need to to grab hold of the rope and pull it the right way because I I just think our profession and and the game of basketball is kind of under siege with a lot of stuff. And I've seen a lot of changes that I don't think is good in in any way for any of us. You know, I got – you mentioned my son. Yeah. You know, he's trained with me for seven years, and, boy, he's going to have some obstacles I never even thought about. So it's – I think that's my kind of final thought is, man, we, we need to we need to try to get in here and help each other out big time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Coach, thanks for sharing those final words. And I, I agree. I agree. Some things I experienced now I never experienced 10, 12, 15 years ago. Um, it's just different. It's a different mindset a lot of people have involved. And some of these adults influencing the kids are not the best people that need to be influencing them. Yeah, I, I say this. This is kind of a – thing I talk all the time about 15, 20 years ago, kids had two voices in their ear. They usually had their parents and they had the coach. Yep. And I could do a pretty good job of convincing them the parents loved them and everything else, but they need to do what I what I needed them to do because guess what? I was controlling their playing time. Brother, now they got six or seven voices in their head. Yeah. In my program, I call it the noise. Yeah. So we talk about the noise. And as a 15, 16-year-old kid, you want to go to the path of least resistance. You want to go to where you – what you want to hear. And so, man, they got a whole lot of voices, a whole lot of noise in their head. Boy, trying to keep everything straight is really, really tough. Yep. You're right about that. Well, Coach, we'll look forward to following you guys. And you play this Friday. And um, good luck. And we'll follow you Saturday as well. Bring, bring home the, the region championship, Coach. Well, I'll tell you what, I just hope the smoke and mirrors, and I hope the mirrors don't break. <laughs> it's been a challenging year, brother, yeah. with our program. But you know what? I've been blessed with a lot of great years. Sometimes that challenge puts you back on your toes, and you got to get better. Right. You're right about that. All right, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time with us. Listen, it is always an honor. I don't take these things uh, for granted, and thank you so much for letting me share. I hope uh, somebody picked up maybe one thing or so to help them. And, uh, you know, out there, I'm always open to anybody that I can help in basketball. Appreciate this opportunity so much. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the United Basketball and Leadership Podcast. 
please take a moment to leave us a review and also leave a comment about what you enjoyed most about today's guest. I hope you'll join us on our next episode.